Welcome to the That Lean Podcast, ladies and germs. It's your host, Tob, of course. And today we're going to talk about anything that I really want. And, and today I'm going to explain to you why I've been gone. And I missed Wednesday's schedule. I've tried to come have a like a clear schedule of like Wednesdays and Saturdays, but like that artist spotlight like drained me, dude. Like it was like so much. Like like doing like Kanye albums back to back really can put like a little damper on you. Like like you just learning so much about Kanye West and like you're only listening to that like one song, which is kinda like fresh not one song, but like a like all of his discography. And, like, you, you, of course, you get, like, features, but, like, you don't get any variation. And I didn't, like, want to take, like, breaks to, like, make a palate cleanser. Just because of the simple fact that, like, you need to, like, con- consistently have, like, a, uh, have something, like, have something to remind you of his previous work. And if you have a palate cleanser, it might change your mind about, like, everything that's going on within, like, your artist spotlight. But... Uh, I will be doing more Artist Spotlight. I honestly just have to, like, take a break from it, though, until I completely get somebody that I really want. I honestly think I might go for a shorter discography because of that, like, because that was, like, just draining. But the intro that I played for this podcast, if you want to listen to it, I'm planning on making a uh, playlist for this podcast. Playlist for this podcast. Say that five times fast. Playlist for this podcast. It's amazing. But... I make it a playlist for this podcast, and this is Men I Trust. The, the band is Men I Trust, and the song is called Lauren. Now, this intro, like, this intro song has nothing in particular with the podcast, but honestly, I just really like the song, and I vibe with it really hard. So I was like, you know what, let's just get something with something that I, like, really like, and, um, yeah, we just totally enjoy it, and we just start off this is our way of starting off the podcast and and today put your tinfoils hat on and you just like get into whatever you're doing and like we just like hide in like this like little corner and we're going to talk about like my favorite music conspiracies now before we start before we get into any of this i would like to say one i do not believe in any of these conspiracies I think that they're all ludicrous because of the fact that some of these might actually might get me in trouble. So, therefore, I'm sorry for the knuckle crack, <laughs> but therefore, I will not be trying to make you, like, urge you to look into the theory. But, like, I, I for some of them I might because, like, overall they're just, like, really great ones. But, honestly, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, I'll rank these for 1 out of 10 and try to prove the theory, debunk the theory as I go, so, like, I can just, like, say that I'm not for the theory. But let's get started with one that I talked about in the previous uh, spot artist spotlight, which was David Bowie predicted the rise of Kanye West. This conspiracy begins with David Bowie's 1972 album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. The album cover finds Bowie standing under a sign that says Kate West. Inside the album's opening track, Five Years, finds Bowie predicting a grisly end to the world unless a mythical star man descends to Earth from itself. Five years later, after the album dropped, Kanye Omari West was born. Creepy, right? It's insane, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But the theory doesn't end here. Bowie's final album, Black Star, is thought to confirm West as his chosen successor. 
Something happened the day on the day he died. Bowie sings on the title track, Someone Else Took His Place. He bravely cried, I'm a black star. I'm a black star. Wes, working as a producer, also samples Bowie's chart-topping fame on the Jay-Z single Takeover, providing another hint to some that he was meant to get this takeover from Bowie. Was uh, and Wes was thought to accept it, the mantle while playing tribute to Bowie on the day that he died in January 2016, saying that he gave us a magic for a lifetime. The fact that K-West was actually tailor-based in London at this time, details, details. Now, like I said, I previously heard of this and I only thought it was just the album cover and it was like a coincidence. But honestly, I, I think this theory is really interesting and I like when we connect two artists that like I really do appreciate. Like I love David Bowie's music and I love Kanye West's music. Not as I'm not gonna say that as much. But like I just I, I appreciate each of their work independently and I love them like so much. Like it's 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 great. But to rank this theory, I would have to say it's a solid eight point five. Because, you know, like I said it's just, like, a matter of coincidence, but I just like the theory so much. Instead of, like, we're, we're ranking it from, like, believe believability, let's just rate it from, like, how much I like it. Like, I like the theory. But I'm going to rank this 8.5 out of 10 because I really do find this interesting. Now, the next one is a little bit more, a little bit controversial. you got to, like, really, like, like, Put your tinfoil hat just a little bit tighter. Just tighter. It's because this one, the CIA killed Bob Marley. Yes. Reggae pop sensation, Bob Marley. Interesting. Which is, it, it, it is, but let's get into the theory. <laughs> Even the official recount of, of Bob Marley's death is pretty weird. He, he died in March. March? No, he died in May 1981 after a toe injury from a soccer match revealed a cut under the nail. Diagnosed with melanoma, Marley refused to have his toe amputated. The cancer spread throughout Marley's body, eventually killing him. Conspiracy theorists say that it wasn't that simple, that the CIA supposedly set their sights on Marley, whose growing influence and a message of peace when it was contrary to that goal. The son of CIA, former CIA director, William Colby, reportedly gave Marley a pair of boots adapted with a poison coated copper wire near the toe. Some believe Marley tried Marley tried on the boots and inadvertently sealed his demise. Others believe that the CIA had already taken out Marley with sharpshooters who missed their target. Marley had in fact survived a nineteen seventy six attack assassination attempt by three men at his Jamaican home. Jamaican home. That's <laughs> Jamaica home. And then at his home in Jamaica. But honestly, um, I heard about this theory before and like due to the fact that like Jamaica was, like it said, the contrary to what he was speaking of, it was very corrupt in power and a lot of people were feeling frustrated and they wanted to revolt. But Bob Marley was like, I need to be there for my people. I need to be a, a figure for them before they just like go into total demise. And that's why like, like they would see him as a threat. But how would I like this podcast? Um, oh, how would I like this theory? I would have to give it like, hmm. I don't want to wish like, like, 
public espionage on somebody. So I'm just going to give it like a, I'm just going to give it a five. Because like, I, I find it interesting that the people provide, whoever do work into these theories are just interesting people as to how they like, just like overall, they just like come up with all this information and total accounts that like their own, their own investigators. And I think that a lot of people should apply, applaud them even if the theory is just extremely, extremely, extremely idiotic. But the next theory, not, yeah, the next theory, actually, I want to go on a tangent about it. Um, I heard about this before, and I personally bought this record to, like, conquer my fears, because as a kid, I was told this theory, and I was highly afraid of it, so I didn't want anything to do with this song, and I didn't want it to be played anywhere near me. But this theory is Hotel California was about devil worship. The Eagles chart-topping 1977 single Hotel California has been long associated with Satanism in a certain circles. The lyrics dotted with a vain attempt to kill a beast, specific references of to hell and abomination. The guests may never leave, probably got that rumor started. The gatefold image inside certainly didn't help. There, the Eagles member and a group of fans were standing in a courtyard of a Spanish-style inn. Above them on a balcony loomed a mysterious figure who was theorized to be Anton LaVey, founder of the Church of Satan. Satan? Satan. The photograph, according to one theory, were taken on the church grounds, as some of the elements of the theory even made their way to mainstream media sources, including the Milwaukee Sentinel. The shadowy figure was in fact a woman hired for the photo shoot, and it was definitely not LaVey's church. The cover shot is from the Beverly Hills Hotel, while the gatefold photo was taken at this newly reventilated, yeah, yeah, (laughs) called the Ledoux, at the corner of Yukon Street and Wilcox Avenue in Hollywood, and the hotel was later turned into an apartment complex. Now... Like I said, I've, I'm familiar with this theory, 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 I'm familiar with the theory completely and like I've embellished like in like the thought of like Satanism inside of uh, rock music and that really like struck fear into my heart as a kid. Like my grandmother like, <clears throat> don't listen to the rock music because they have backwards messages in the music that make you do things for the devil. And honestly... <clears throat> Anything with the word devil in it kind of strike fear in my heart. Like, I didn't know what the devil was like. I didn't know what the devil was as a kid. But, like, I knew that he was just, like, an evil dude. And I didn't want anything to do with him. So, like, yeah. And I honestly, to rate this theory, I have to say it has to be, um... It has to be at least about, like, I like the idea. I'm going to say nine. I'm going to say 9 out of 10. Oh, the theory, the likable theory. But this theory, actually, which is kind of cool, this is actually bridging the gap to episode 0 of this podcast. If you haven't listened to episode 0, I strongly recommend listening to episode 0. Because the reason why is that you really get to hear me raw and uncut. Unfil- no, no editing, no nothing. Just me talking and just rambling on and reading things. It's just an amazing podcast to listen to. But hopefully I've been getting better at this as I go. 
but it's bridging the gap from episode zero to episode what? What is this? What? Four? Woo! Four. Let's go. I love that number. <laughs> so this theory is Mama Cass choked on a sandwich. A false pre-autopsy co- comment, comment provided to news media, including the New York Times, helped spread the rumor that Cass Elliot of Mamas and Papas died after choking on a ham sandwich. She was stricken by heart failure at 32 while sleeping at Harry Nelson's house apartment in London. Dr. Anthony Gr- Greenberg the first physician to examine Elliot after her death was the source of a falsehood, and he noted that she was eating while lying down. A dangerous thing to do. I want to talk about, like, that, like, that, um, like, talking about, like, her being fat. And, like, that was kind of rude. Because, like, she was eating while lying down, a dangerous thing to do because, like, of her size and her matter. And, like, she just chokes on a sandwich. But back to the, the theory... In an interview with the Daily Express, this would be especially especially dangerous for someone like Cass, who is overweight and who might be prone to having a heart attack problem. Inspector Kenneth Hum later confirmed that the sandwich in, at Elliot bed at Elliot's bed was untouched. Nelson's flat was also the scene of Keith Moon's accidental death. The drummer, the Who drummer, who took too much. Ah. I can't pronounce that drug, but he took too much of something and it was supposed to combat alcoholism. And in fact, the moon died in the same bed as Elliot convincing Nelson that the apartment was cursed. Now, likability of this theory, I honestly feel like this was just like more of a, hey, this is a middle finger to all the people that made it seem like Mama Cass died from a sandwich, but it's not true. So I, I like this theory 10 out of 10 because it's just basically telling you, no, she did not die by eating a sandwich. She had a heart, a heart attack, right? No, heart failure, heart failure. I'm sorry. She had heart failure. Now, this one is on the, on the lighter side because, like, honestly, I, I really like this theory. Um, I've always, like, talked to this about my aunt. And, like, the theory is, is Steve Wonder, Stevie Wonder isn't blind. And I've always talked about this theory, and my aunt will always say the same thing. Find a picture with Stevie Wonder without his glasses on, and you tell me whether or not he's blind or not. <laughs> and she thinks that he's, like, he can see. And I think it's interesting, like, interesting hearing her say stuff like that. Because it's like, dude, you know that he's been, like, blind for, like, at least more than 60 years, like, it, like all his life, you know, and that's kind of, like, crazy, the idea that Stevie Wonder can actually see that he'd be the only, only been intending to be blind as a publicity stunt was nothing more than a fringe statement before 2010, then Wonder on stage for Paul McCartney performing at the White House East Room nonchalantly, nonchalantly caught a mic stand that the former Beatle knocked over. Wonder was reportedly blind as a child when he spent an extended period in an over-oxygenated, oxygenated, 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 I'm sorry if I can't read, incubator after being born six six months too early. For some, the mic stand only confirmed that this off-taught origin was just a ruse. After all, Wonder was a regular at basketball games and has even expressed an interest in photography and buying an airplane. <laughs> what? Okay, I don't want to be sounding like an able ableist right now. 
I don't want to sound like an ableist, but like, what would he do with a, an airplane that like you just have to sit in it and let somebody else fly? Because like, chief, you 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 can't you can't see. You're blind, bro. You can't blind. My favorite like like proof like true proof of of like Stevie Wonder being blind is when he was at um <laughs> this little like basketball court. With like a, a sea of people watching him trying to make a three throw, and he shoots the ball, and the ball just like, it, it just falls flat. It is hilarious. I'm sorry, but that's insensitive of me. But like, it's just to prove that he's blind. I feel like he just did it for laughs and jokes, which I really think is hilarious. It seems it was just an example of his offbeat humor. Of course, it would be that Stevie. <laughs> Wonder had some fun with all this conjecture about uh, conjecture about all this sight. In twenty seventeen, he said that he intended to tell all. This year, I will reveal the truth, which turned out Stevie Wonder was actually blind. No, he's not blind. Skiwo. <laughs> so, uh, I rate this theory ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. It's an amazing theory, and honestly, like you could obviously tell that this is like. For the homies that just like like a joke theory and nothing serious, but overall, this theory is just amazing. It's ten out of ten. I G N. I don't know why that bars bars. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the next theory. Phil Collins let a man drown. For many, the true meaning of Phil Collins' top five debut single in the air tonight remains shrouded in mystery. A principal hypothesis involves Collins' inability to save a drowning man based off the lyrics of, Now if you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. I've seen your face before, my friend. And I don't know if you know who I am. Uh, I'm sorry. I was about to go. I was about to start spitting just now. <laughs> I was about to start spitting. But like, yo, that, that song, just amazing. But based on the key line of the song, in one version, a friend falls out of a boat and another Phil Collins witnessed a tragedy from far away and can't come to the swimmer's aid. Another suggested something much darker was unfolded, perhaps a sexual assault. Wow, that's intense. And many of these theories, there was something closer to the horrific events, but refused to help. Some even managed that Collins may reveal the man's identity, perhaps shining a spotlight on him during a concert, and the perpetrator was driven to suicide by the revelation. A bemused Collins, as he admitted, he simply made the words up as he went. Despite the numbers and specificity of rumors, there there was, that was all to it. And I was just fooling around and I got the chords that I liked. So I turned on the mic and started singing. He walks to a BBC. And it was so frustrating because this is the one song of out of all the songs that I've ever written that I really didn't know what it was about. Now this theory, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. Because like it's, it's a solid idea. And I've never heard about this one beforehand. Before looking to this theory, the, another time, the last time, um, it was interesting to see because I've never thought of that idea before. Honestly, I heard it when um he was on Jimmy Fallon and he was talking about the song, and and basically Phil Collins was like, "Dude, I was getting a divorce. I was angry. Yes, I say angry. I'm sorry. 
Um, but yeah. Now, this next theory, um, it's, it may be a, uh, this one, there'll be a trigger warning for, um, suicide, because we'll be talking about the, um, theory that Courtney Love was involved with Kurt Cobain's death. The death of Kurt Cobain remains a point of concentration for some Nirvana fans, I was going to say marijuana fans, those two who insisted his widow, Courtney Love, had something to do with it. They contend that Love convinced a friend to kill Kurt Cobain, and they arranged things so it looked like a suicide. The theory here is that day she was worried Kurt Cobain was going to divorce her. Kurt Cocaine. I keep thinking of that. I don't know why. So she arranged his murder in order to retain his fortune. And that's an investigation by the Seattle Police Department, however, determined there was no foul play. A 2014 documentary called Soaked in Bleach explored these conspiracy theories in theaters showing the film where they met with a cease and desist order from Love's law firm. There was simply no credible evidence to support any of the defamatory uh, claims, as it's been publicly known for years, the letter said. Also, we, we, Weezer's frontman, Rivers Cuomo, this is apparently an actual thing to do, and this is actual thing, to, actually a thing too. It's not Kurt Cobain in disguise. disguise. Okay. So, um, I actually watched Soaked in Bleach. I watched Soaked in Bleach. I watched Kurt and Courtney. I watched, um, the the montage of, uh, montage of Heck. I've watched, like, any and all documentaries containing Kurt Cobain because, like, they were, like, my biggest fans as a, not my biggest fans, but, like, they were the biggest group that, like, I listened to as a kid. And... At one point in time, I was like, holy crap, these, like, the evidence for this is kind of, like, really fishy. But one thing that I've realized as I got older is that some people, regardless of what the situation is, some people just can't escape their own minds. And we just have to accept the fact that some people are gone. And honestly, there are people there for you. Honestly, the host, Tob, is there for you. Listeners, man, I, my, my hog dippers and my music guys, my music boys with a Z, like, I really appreciate you guys that listen, and I really appreciate all of you, and I want you to know that mental health is an extremely serious thing, and it should not be minimalized, and it should not be thrown under a um, rug because of stuff like this, because honestly, we, it's been, what, 25, 26 years and there's still people thinking that Courtney Love killed a man that she loved very dearly. And I'm staying biased with the whole situation because, one, I wasn't born any around the 90s. And, two, I wasn't around Courtney Love. I wasn't around Kurt Cobain. I wasn't around anybody revolving in that group alone. So I have no room and no room to say anything at all, which is why I chose to say I'm biased. Now... Like ability for this theory, I'm actually going to put it at a lower, which I'll give it a five out point five out of ten because I optimistically optimistically I enjoy listening to the theory, but it's an overall sad case because of the fact that like some of the some of the evidence which I won't get into because it's deflammatory and I don't want to say anything that might get us in trouble, 
we are just small fish in a very, very big pond, guys. And we may have our tinfoil hats on, but those tinfoil hats can be plucked right off. That's why I'm just keeping it safe. <laughs> but yeah, it's a 5 out of 10. And um, the next one, of course, it's uh, this one is pretty interesting. I've heard this one before, and like... I've never, like, after this, I haven't heard about it again because it's just a stupid theory. But Stephen King killed John Lennon. If you're certain, really certain, that a famous horror writer, rather than the convicted Mark David Chapman, had actually murdered John Lennon, you would shout it out from the rooftops, just in case, just like Stephen Lightfoot, on a 2009 town hall meeting in Saracosta, Florida. Lightfoot's theory appeared to develop around a photo of Lennon taken around the day of his murder, in which on a one-time Beatle signed an autograph for Chapman. Lightfoot thinks the guy in the photo more closely resembles Stephen King, and he also claims that Lennon's murder was cleared, was cleared by political figures like Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon, who've been angered by the outspoken artist's anti-war stance. The dovetails with a long-standing theory that the government killed Lennon. The FBI did, and in fact, it was a huge file on Lennon. But what Sarah Costa, what scared Costa got to do with it? King has a home in Casey, Casey Key, which is in Saracosta County. Stephen King's the worst criminal in the state of Florida has ever harbored Lightfoot examined before Chief Keith, Chief Key. Before Chief Keith, yes, the, before Chief Keith, Peter Abbott exhorted him out of the meeting. Lightfoot outfitted a van embezzling, embezzled with a message about King. It's true or he'd sue. I think this theory is just like a 10 out of 10. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm stepping out of my comfort zone and I'm saying that. Stephen King killed John Lennon. <laughs> he just like opened up his book and. <laughs> he just opens up the book and all this, all these monsters come out and just like, you know, I'm sorry. I just have a wicked sense of humor and like that is just so wrong of me. To, like, really, like, say of, which is really rude of me. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, and the hog dippers and the music with the boys, music boys with a Z. Honestly, music boys with a Z is, I'm calling you guys that, the music boys. The music boys, yes, 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 yes. Okay, we're about to get into the next theory. All right, music boys with a Z. <laughs> we're going to talk about um this this theory, honestly. This is one of the biggest theories that like has ever been spewed out within the music industry. Been spewed out ever since the day it happened. Tupac is still alive. Like Elvis, there are many to maintain Tupac's core still alive, have even faked his own death and found refuge abroad. While the events and details of Tupac's death and assailants may never be known, and the still alive argument seems quite unlikely. In 2014, even the CIA official's Twitter account has even confirmed they have no idea where Tupac is. 
but we know where he is. He's in Cuba, baby, smoking on them Cubans. That's what he doing. He living his life. Now, and the reason why we could prove this is because of the seven-day theory. The seven-day theory was named after a condensed period it took to record and mix the album of Machiavelli, Don Caluminati. Now, that album, I don't know why I'm talking like I'm, I'm like an, an eighth grade math teacher that's trying to rap. I'm sorry, but it was um to mix an album and it was released in November 5th, 1996, less than two months after Tupac Shakur was murdered in a drive-by shooting on the Las Vegas Strip following close friend Mike Tyson fight with Bruce Sheldon. Subsequently, the record completed while the West Coast rapper was alive naturally inherited an eerie film. A feel, feel, the Don Illuminati. On Blasphemy, Shakur predicts that a living gangster's life will be resulted in his death Weighing up that awaits him in the next world. He speculates everybody is kissing blank. You know what that means. To go to heaven, is it going? I put my soul on it. The gangster sermon, Hail Mary, mean, meanwhile, sounds like Shakur's sealed spirit is literally haunting the booth with lyrics works that say, when they turn off the lights, I'll be in the dark. So chilling that they make hairs stand on the back of your neck. The fact that the record still makes room for music and clubs, toss-ups, is a testament of Shakur's infinite range. Though mostly the Morwick songs were summarized perfectly by the record's sinister arc, artwork, which de- depicted the crucifixion of Shakur and the rapper's mournful eyes as blood trickling down on his naked body and the names of American cities pent on a cross in 2019, the image still feels persistent, and Shakur's corpse is a byproduct of an unequal American society that continues to tear down young black men. That's for true. Raise your fist in the air, hog dippers. <laughs> Almost at a whim that the fact that the artwork was recently referenced so obviously by the West Coast upstart of Opie Greedo for his brilliant God-level album serving as the proof of the seven days theory continued as a cultural relevance. Now, reason why, uh, other than the seven-day theory of the, the taking the time to record an album on the day of when Tupac was shot and when he passed away, it was seven, I think it was like, uh, no, no, it wasn't seven days. But I'm honestly, like, that theory was just like, I, I've read into it and I don't want to, like, say anything wrong. But, like, honestly, to talk about the, uh, the, the Machiavelli, Tupac started to call himself Machiavelli by the end of his career well, the end of his life, and honestly, um, I think his name is, um, uh, give me a second. His name was Nick, <laughs> Nicholas Machiavelli. Nicholas Machiavelli was, like, this really important person, I think, in around, like, in the 14th century or whatever he was, whatever time he was, but Machiavelli faked his own death, and during that time, Tupac was really influenced in the words of Machiavelli as he'd written books. And honestly, that spoke to him calling, donning the name Machiavelli as other like nicknames for his, like Tupac and his stage name that was also coming synonymous with him. And then he dies. And then one, his murderers are never found. And then two, after he was, after he was dead, he was cremated and the, um, and all his best homies smoked his ashes. And the thing about it is, is uh, his mother 
Mama Shakur. I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to like, this is the episode where I talk about, I talk like an eighth grade teacher that's like trying to be hip. So like Mama Shakur did not like the idea of them smoking his ashes. And honestly, they didn't let her know that that was the case. And they were smoking on Pac Pack, and that's how the end of it is. And probably in 2020, Tupac is out there, probably still taking pictures with Rihanna and posting on Instagram. And we still have like Tupac pushing out songs. We're gonna have another Tupac album in 2020. That's most likely. That's my biggest theory that we're gonna have a Tupac album in 2020. But like, like the end of this year. I promise it. I promise it. Like, Tupac is just going to be like, this is 1994, but I'm rapping like it's 2020. Period. <laughs> okay, so for the last conspiracy theory of this podcast, I know this has just been one, like, really extremely bumpy ride, but I enjoyed I took this ride with you guys because, like, this was pretty fun looking at conspiracy theories and reading them with you. Oh, like I said, I'm pretty sure you already know my likability rate for the Tupac, Tupac conspiracy. It's going to be 10 out of 10 boys. 10 out of 10 music boys and the hog dippers. You guys, tell me what you think. Tell me what you think about the conspiracies, man. But the last conspiracy is Paul McCartney has been dead for years. Paul McCartney spent his third act of his career crisscrossing across the globe and seemingly in a never-ending tour, or Paul McCartney's body double has, a.k.a. Billy Shears. Anyway, <laughs> a popular theory dating back into 1969 suggested that the former Beatles star actually died in the mid-60s and they've been covering it up by hiring a lookalike. Then for some reason, they aren't completely understood. The, stood, boop, 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 boop. the Beatles began leaving clues for the fans to figure out the whole scam bars. Some fans think that John Lennon's saying, I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, but in truth, he said cranberry sauce. Yes, I don't know why I did an accent, but listen. <laughs> the car accident took his life, specifically referenced in, that the car accident took his life, and, and it was specifically referenced in the day in the life, that the procession of the 1969 Abbey Road's cover is actually Paul McCartney's funeral, Lennon is in a white clad clergyman. Ringo is a black. Ringo is not black. He's mourner in all black. McCartney is dead since he's wearing those shoes. And George Harrison is wearing denim, wearing grave digger. He's the undertaker. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I've been up. I had like three hours of sleep and I decided to record this podcast. And I said, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just record a podcast for our hog dippers and the music boys. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Sluice took to rewinding the songs and they found the other messages. A portion of Revolution 9 supposedly revealed the phrase, Turn me on, Deadman. Turn me on, Deadman when played backwards. Eventually, Paul McCartney swiped the line from Mark Twain, issuing a statement that rumors of my death has been greatly exaggerated. And later, later in the BBC interview, Paul McCartney is pushed back even harder, though apparently no avail. If the clues in you reach that I am dead, then you're wrong, he said, because I'm alive and living in Scotland. Now, um, to debunk the uh, Abbey Road poster, 
there is a uh part where uh like there was it was like a really hot day in London and they were trying to like take it as fast as they possibly could because they're literally blocking the middle of the street and it was hot that day so Paul McCartney was like you know what I'm just going to take my flip flops off and he had flip flops and um like the uh the excerpts of the uh photography photos for the Abbey Road if you look it up you can find it and he's wearing flip flops or I think shoes but he's wearing shoes and honestly he just decided to take them off which made the album seem like it was a bigger meaning but in truth it wasn't Honestly, the way I've rated it is a 9 out of 10 in likability because there's so much information in the Paul is Dead theory because it's been going on since 1969 to 2020. So when Paul McCartney actually dies, they're just going to say R.I.P. Billy Shears because Paul McCartney died in 1965. His head was decapitated and then in a car crash. Yep. But honestly, these will are the end likability. I said 9 out of 10. But the end of this podcast, I hope you guys enjoy it. And the outro will obviously be in the air tonight by Phil Collins because he saw a man drowning and did not say anything. He just kind of just let it happen. And you just see his cold, staring face in the Face Value album. But honestly, um, let's just have a good time. Let's sing the best part of In the Air tonight. And then, yeah, then you guys can do whatever you want or even, like, replay the podcast. Honestly, I think this is, like, one of the best podcasts that I've ever done. But I hope you guys enjoy it, and let's rock out. The last time we ever met. Ooh. But I know the reason why you keep the silence up. No, you don't believe The hurt doesn't show The pain still grows So strangers to you and me I can feel it coming in the air tonight Hold on I can feel it for this moment For all my life Oh, no. We're out of time!